1: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. We are previewing Michigan's Big Ten opener against Rutgers. It'll take place in Ann Arbor. And Steve, this will be a common theme throughout this episode. But Rutgers, you know, record aside, they have played Michigan better than, I guess, their record or their overall season would suggest each of the past two seasons in 2021, it was a one possession game in Ann Arbor. And then last fall, Michigan ended up pulling away in the second half, but Rutgers did have a halftime lead. So this is, this is an interesting first test. I'm a big believer that first time you play another team that you're not supposed to demolish, you know, that that's where you start to find out, okay, okay, you know what position groups actually have some weaknesses that didn't show up against a group of five team, and also you do find out what position groups you know have really good strengths. You know, I think a lot of people are looking at the run game on that front. You know, is this run game now that it's facing a more substantial opponent? Uh, you know, is this is this one of those games where the run game takes off just because that intensity is there, that that um, motivation and hunger is there with a Big Ten team on the other side of the field. But Steve, this episode, like our others, we'll, we'll look at the keys for the offense, see if they can crack this Rutgers defense, and then we'll look at keys for the defense in the second half of the episode and make our final predictions for the game. So Steve, there, there's a lot of things Michigan could do well offensively. I think the one thing, the the biggest key for me, for the Wolverines, is I think it sounds really dumb because it's, arguably a key for every game but I think scoring when you have the opportunity to score is a very big key in this game and and we'll talk about Rutgers improved in my mind improved offense in the second half of this episode but you know one thing that they're doing better this year is they're controlling the clock they are doing well in time of possession and but but and and part of that is because their defense can force some turnovers they have you know cornerbacks and safeties and even linebackers who can you know get their hand on a ball they can Force turnovers, they can stop you in the red zone. And they haven't faced a team like Michigan, obviously. But I'm envisioning a scenario where Michigan might not get 15 possessions in this game or even 12 possessions in this game. And it might need to capitalize when it has the chance. Because we also, going back to Michigan's win over Bowling Green, you know, a lot of people were talking about the 14-6 halftime score. Well, one interception was thrown in the end zone. The other one was thrown at the five-yard line if Michigan scores even 3 points on those possessions doesn't give Rutgers a little bit of that momentum i mean you're still talking it might have been 20 to 3 or 20 to nothing at halftime and and nobody's even remotely concerned about the game let alone if they had scored touchdowns on those, those drives so to me that's a big key you know this is a this is Rutgers defense they don't miss a lot of tackles you know they they know how to force turnovers especially in the past game and we've seen the past couple years I know they haven't faced a Michigan caliber rushing attack this season, but they really know how to use the twists and the stunts and some of the, the activity on the interior just to, to make it hard for Michigan to pave what I would say it's typical paths in the run game. You I think this is a, a Rutgers defense that probably doesn't stop Michigan on the ground all 60 minutes, but, but can definitely put Michigan on its heels force some of those third and longs uh, and, and stymie an otherwise successful Michigan drive. So to me, to sum up, I think the, the biggest key for the offense is just capitalizing when you have the opportunity. Sometimes the other defense, the other opponent just has th- the right defensive calls and it's a three and out and you punt whatever, or sometimes you're pinned inside your own 10 and you're just not- nothing's really working for you in that particular time of the game. That's fine. But I'm envisioning a scenario where if I'm thinking, how can Rutgers pull off the upset? It's probably a scenario where Michigan drives inside Rutgers 40 and either turns the ball over or misses a field goal or gives up two tackles for loss and has to punt. Like to me, that's that's the silent killer that Rutgers is hoping for heading into this game. So, yeah, capitalizing on the scorable drives or the scoring opportunities. Steve, what's your biggest key? For Michigan's offense in this matchup
1: um I I kind of sense just based on the way Rutgers has played defense so far I I think they're gonna employ a similar sort of strategy to what Michigan's first few opponents have and, and just focus on going is despite you know and I know McCarthy uh had a uncharacteristic game against Bowling Green but uh despite how well he had played in the first two games teams were still sort of stacking, sort of making Michigan throw the ball to beat them. I mean Rutgers has one of the better rushing defenses so far in the country this season. Uh, I, I I just I kind of feel like they're going to go into it with a let's stop the run and let's try to force JJ McCarthy into making a mistake or two. I think Michigan's shown enough to where you you do almost have to pick your poison to an extent. I think the other thing for them, Offensively is sort of along the lines of what you said, but maybe a little bit more specific. I think, I think Michigan's best chance to make this a, 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 a let's say, I don't want to necessarily necessarily say blowout, but to make this a, a easier game for, is to score early and get ahead and make Rutgers have to throw the football. So you know, I, yeah, I think capitalizing on some early chances. I think maybe taking a couple early shots down the field to try to soften up that run defense might be in Michigan's best interest as well. So that, that those are my sort of big picture thoughts on what I think Michigan should do offensively. You know, we know they're going to try to run the football. We know they're likely to have some success doing it with the potential that if things are starting to gel, that they could have even more success, but this still kind of feels like a game where Michigan might be better off opening it, opening it up a little bit, taking a couple deep shots loosen up the linebackers a little bit and then kind of give themselves that ability to, to push and pull.
2: I, I definitely agree. I think I have to think Rutgers is going to dare JJ McCarthy to beat them because, because one thing to also keep in mind is Rutgers is very confident in its secondary and rightfully so through three games, they actually lead the country by a pretty significant margin in passes defended per game. So that's combined interceptions and pass breakups. So they, I'm sure they're more nuanced than this, but I I wonder if they're looking at JJ McCarthy's interceptions last week and saying, Hey, we can recreate that. You know, we, you know, get a couple of those edge rushers, get McCarthy kind of throwing on the run a little bit, see if he can telegraph a pass here and there. If we, if we rush him and then we can just jump in there and, and get a pick or get our hand on the ball. So I think that, you know, a second key, and it's it's an obvious one but but JJ McCarthy bouncing back and and staying steady i mean i, I don't think there's anyone who doubts that he can do that inside Michigan's locker room and, and you know JJ McCarthy i thought he you know was he was pretty honest and forthcoming on Saturday when he talked about his interceptions and and you know you could tell uh there was there's a lot of determination and and a lot of understanding of of what went wrong even before he had Looked at the film, so I think this is. I mean, we we make it sound like he lost the game on Saturday, but but you know, you throw three interceptions, there is some element of just making sure that you're still just as confident, right? Jim Harbaugh talked about that in press conferences this week. That he doesn't want to overcoach JJ. He doesn't want to take away the confidence that made JJ McCarthy the quarterback that that he was the first two weeks. So it's a tricky balance. I don't think it's uh, undoable, but I'm kind of with you, I think, going you know spreading the field out a little bit you know this is a this is a very good opportunity to see what Roman Wilson, who has been exceptionally open almost all year, you know, see what he looks like against a top flight cornerback and and see what Cornelius Johnson looks like against a cornerback who you know could be getting honorable mention or third team all big ten discussion. so, yeah, seeing how those two look, and then is this a game? I kind of think it could be. Where you get the running backs involved in the receiving game? It didn't happen last week, but you did see it happen against UNLV. So they definitely have it in their playbook, and it's toward the beginning of the playbook. It's just a matter of is this the matchup where you can that is that one way you can kind of loosen the box a little bit because Rutgers can stack the box, but if they don't have the personnel to defend Donovan Edwards on a on an out route or whatever, like then Michigan can yeah then Michigan can just call that play move the chains that way I think I think one thing I noticed I did a story three things we learned about Michigan and non-conference play as well as three things we still want to know but one of the things I learned is is JJ McCarthy's gotten a lot better at third downs and red zone passing I think there's a lot more confidence in more obvious passing situations as well as situations where he needs to throw into tighter windows it's not just about finding someone wide open who's just galloping down the field it's you know i think where he's elevated his game is he's got a very good sense especially with those senior receivers about how you can find get the ball in their hands even when there is a defender nearby so that's this will be a test for him i it's not a test i'm particularly concerned about from from michigan but yeah this will be a test of his ability to bounce back and, and maintain confidence even if against Bowling Green uh there were there were some throws that he would like to have back because because one thing I will say upon rewatch, I don't know about you Steve I mean it was it was more than just the three interceptions I mean there were a couple passes that were tipped and and almost picked off or or, you know it, it was kind of the first time he'd been off on a few plays all season still had some big plays but you know even the the flea flicker to Cornelius Johnson was a fortuitous catch you know, one that one that isn't necessarily going to happen every time. So, yeah, I think I think with how how much Rutgers can get their hands on passes, I think this is a, a big opportunity for the bounce back game. Because I will say, Steve, and one of our over unders is does J.J. McCarthy get one and a half more touchdowns than interceptions in this game? I feel like if that over hits, Michigan's going to win this game just because I think as long as he can avoid the turnovers, and if he's throwing consistently throughout the game, as you kind of pointed out, I mean, that's just Rutgers is going to have to eventually decide, okay, which are we selling out to stop the run? Or are we selling out to hang back in coverage? If if the pass game is there, I really do like Michigan's chances of winning. Did you take the over? I think I'm going to. I think he has two more touchdowns than interceptions. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on it. Was, that's what I wanted to say. I, I think I'll go with the over as well. The red zone stuff, as you mentioned, yes, noticeable. It, it's a. I think it's a learning experience for young quarterbacks, especially for someone like him who who has the ability to get out of the pocket and make plays. I feel like that's where guys like that's where they eventually become the most dangerous in the red zone. And I think those are the type, obviously, the types of quarterbacks that are hardest to defend in the red zone, right? I mean, you're talking about three or four different outcomes on any given play when the quarterback sort of breaks the mold, gets outside the pocket and and starts to, to, you know, kind of maneuver and and improvise. And uh, I think he's really shown some major strides in that area already this season. So yeah, that's one area where, yeah, they get down there. Plus between what, between Loveland. I mean, granted, I think Wilson's been the beneficiary of most of the red zone success catching the football, but you also have a couple of bigger bodies too, if necessary with Loveland and Johnson. So, uh but yeah, I'll go with the over. I think, uh, I just have, I guess it's a, a I guess that's a weird way to put it. I have faith. Uh, it Sounds very homerish. I don't really mean it that way, but I, I have belief and faith that McCarthy bounces back from probably the most uncharacteristic game we've seen him play. I, even against TCU, I think there was talk about a couple of it. Couple of the plays were play calls that TCU sort of bid on these. These were just kind of a couple head scratching decisions. Even the touchdown to Cornelius, Cornelius Johnson was kind of a an odd decision on the surface so but I'll take the over
2: as far as the run game goes as you mentioned a moment ago Rutgers extremely good at stopping the run right now yeah they've got 36 run stops already I'll pull up Michigan's number in a moment but but you know especially a linebacker Tyreen Powell Muhammad Tour I mean those are two guys who really can can fill in right they're just really good at being there similar to Michigan's linebackers in terms of getting downhill and and also not missing tackles. Rutgers, very good tackling team. Right now, statistically better than Michigan at tackling. And and that, some of that is Michigan has had rotating or players rotating in during a lighter non-conference play, whereas Rutgers has been facing, I mean, they've been doing well, but they've been facing Northwestern, facing Virginia Tech. But yeah, I think, I think this has got to be a game where, you know, one other storyline, I guess, to watch is what happens with this offensive line. You know, is it is it going to be Ladarius Henderson? Is it going to be Miles Hinton? It feels like that's maybe the only starting lineup configuration, but, you know, is this a game where Zach Zinter can elevate himself and really, really start dropping the hammer even more? Where Trevor Keegan, I mean, these are two guys who have played in some of the most intense atmospheres in college football i'm not speaking for them but i hypothesize you know i feel like i if i were in their shoes i would have a hard time bringing that same intensity and physicality to like a noon non-conference game against an acronym school right i think i think this is an opportunity for them maybe to really really start to gel the offensive line even if there's been a couple changes or tweaks here and there they've had a couple weeks to gel they 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 got to be in great communication with Drake Nugent at this point, especially on the inside. So yeah, I think I think uh, taking care of that defensive front, including those linebackers, you know, making sure that that your blockers are getting to the second level, making sure that your play calls are you know, setting the running backs up for success, that'll be something to watch. And on that note, one of the over unders that we have twenty seven point five touches for Corum and Edwards. That's that's it. It it seems high based on what has been happening. I think I'm going to take the over because I would expect Corum to get somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25, and I'd be stunned if Edwards didn't get at least 10. You know, because then you would start wondering, okay, is he hurt? Is he playing through something? So I'm going to take the the over on 27.5 touches. But but Steve, in addition to that, you're know, thinking about Donovan Edwards and 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 Blake Corum. It feels like he's right where he wants to be statistically in terms of usage and production. But Donovan, I mean, it was I think even after week one, he was talking about he's checking the box score at halftime and and disappointed what he saw. And then week two, he was even quieter. Week three, he got up to fifty yards, but still this is a guy that some people were thinking could be an all American, could be a Heisman contender. The mental talk about the mental challenge of making sure, I mean, I I don't know if he would call it a slump. I don't know where, where he's at with that stuff, but but you do wonder you know, is this a game where Michigan almost tries to dial Donovan up just to get him, as you as we talked about the other day, into that rhythm, into that comfort? He is not someone that's ever lacked confidence, but kind of get that that momentum, that internal confidence back uh, after three fairly quiet games.
1: Yeah, it was your last point, and again, sometimes it get, sometimes things can get a little repetitive the the, the talking points. But with with Edwards, I think that is kind of the you know, what will get him going is that I think getting him involved a little bit more early on, whether it be in the passing game or the or the or running the football. Uh so I'm I'm with you on this one as well. I think we're both have a similar view of this game, I'm I'm guessing at this point. Uh I'll take the over. I think Michigan there's always an aspect of every Jim Harbaugh coach team that wants to sort of instill their will and really run the football. Uh, again, I, I think and I think a lot of it, of course, every time you hand the ball off, you want your back to take it all the way. But there's really a – it's a lot of it is about forcing defenses to respect your ability to run the football. And we know that Michigan has – again, I still think Edwards is one of the best backs in the country for sure. It's not a, as if he's lost it necessarily or anything like that, along those lines at all. Corum has pretty much identical stats to last year at this time. You know, teams know that Michigan is more than capable of – of running the football and controlling the football for, for four quarters. So, you know, I think, yeah, you're going to, especially when you have two guys that you feel like you can trust. uh, I think that actually it it makes it a lot easier to continue to feed both of them, the ball uh, to force Rutgers again, to at least respect, particularly in the first half, first three quarters of the game, depending on how it plays out, you know, or you just, run them run their defensive front down over the course of four quarters you know we've seen Michigan do that in the past under Jim Harbaugh I keep thinking of uh let's say Washington a couple of years ago right um you know so yeah I I, I almost in any scenario like this unless the over under was like really high I'm almost going to always take the over when it comes to a Harbaugh led team uh particularly when you could argue Corman Edwards are two of their five best players
2: all right. One more over under on the offensive side, 99.5 yards for Michigan's leading receiver or rusher. So I assume that's total yards for whoever leads the team and yards from scrimmage. feel like the only player I'm really penciling in to get this would be Blake Corum. I think I'm going to take the under. I feel like there's a very real scenario where, where Corum gets a hundred yards, but we just talked about Donovan Edwards. There's a, I feel like Michigan could view it as important to get him more touches in this game since he hasn't gotten a ton so far this season. You know, Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, they've had they've had very good games. They've been really consistent, reliable receivers. I don't I don't think either of them have gotten to the century mark yet. So even even with more of a focus on those two, I don't I don't think they've had a 100-yard game this season. So I'm going to take the under on this. I think it's a balanced offensive effort. But but I also think Rutgers, I mean, they're not going to roll over, right? They're top 15 in pretty much every statistical defensive category I can I can find. And they they don't give up big plays. They've only given up one play of 30 yards or more. And they're fifth nationally with just five plays of 20 yards or more surrendered. So they are not a... So far, so far, they're not, I mean, I understand Northwestern and Virginia Tech, not your typical Power 5 matchups, but but so far, they haven't really broken down that much. So, I'm going to take the under on this one. How about you?
1: Same. To be fair, you've gotten to go first on all three, so I don't want it to seem like I'm tailing you, but you're also whooping me so far in the head-to-head. So. I was going to say, yeah, we. Have, to I didn't it, talk about
2: try, the score. right.
1: I don't, you can say it, dude. It doesn't, it's fine with me. Um,
2: I'm nine and two, and you are three and eight so far.
1: (laughs) It's gonna gonna have to have an epic comeback here to uh, even compete. But no, I'll take the under as well. So to be fair,
2: I I didn't, I never went and checked the East Carolina scores because we did 10 for those. So that would, how about we, how about based on how that, how those turn out, we'll just
1: either count them or not count them if you get my hint. Fair. Okay. Yeah. But either way. Um, I'm taking the under as well. I, I, yeah, I think, I mean, seeing Michigan only complete passes to three receivers last Saturday was, is such an anomaly, right? Not uh, a
2: typical Harbaugh I, No.
1: Game. So I, and, and, and we've, and we've, you know, McCarthy has shown, you know, it's, it's not a situation where he's a, he's a first reader, second read guy. I mean, they've, they've been spreading the ball out pretty consistently, you know, first two games and even going into last year so you know yeah I think I think you'll see more like Tyler Morris maybe even get like a Max Bredesen those types of guys involved AJ Barner like I think you'll see more guys involved you know and, and again with Rutgers having a pretty solid pass defense you know I think we'll see probably a lower chance of either of those two getting 100 thing is though with Wilson in particular that it, you know one of it's one of those stats where you're one big play away from possibly smashing that number and and like I said I mentioned earlier I wouldn't mind seeing Michigan, maybe take a deep shot early. So um, maybe more conceivable that it happens than in some scenarios, but, um, but no, I'm going to go with the as well.
2: By the way, linebackers for Rutgers, it looks like they have given up 19, the starting trio of linebackers have given up 19 completions on 27 attempts. So if you're thinking about the tight ends and the safeties have struggled a little bit too. Starting safeties have so yeah, I think this is an opportunity for guys in the slot, tight ends, maybe even running backs, to get some of those pass plays. All right, we're going to hit a quick break on the other side. We'll flip over to the defensive side. Michigan's defense has looked as good as it can possibly look the past couple weeks. What do they need to do to make sure that they leave Michigan Stadium on Saturday 4-0? and We'll talk about that in just a moment. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast.
1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
2: so steve rutgers defense has been good for a while i mean really since greg chiano took over i feel like they've they've consistently fielded quality defenses I think the big difference, at least so far, it is early in the season, but I think the big difference for Rutgers this year is they're running the ball pretty well. I mean, they're running the ball. They're doing well in terms of time of possession, top 20 in time of possession. They ran for 256 yards on more than six yards per carry against Virginia Tech. And and even if it's not the Virginia Tech that we kind of grew up seeing, it's still a Virginia Tech team that's got a lot of defensive minds that knew Rutgers was going to run the ball and just simply couldn't stop it. So I think the the big thing, and you've already mentioned it, it's not exactly a novel concept, but yeah, stopping the run really would give Michigan probably a huge upper, upper hand in this matchup, just because I don't think Rutgers is quite a team that's going to beat another big 10 team with its pass game. I think if they can, we'll, we'll see it. But I think this is a team that's, Not not loving where they're at in terms of the pass game, but is really liking how it's moving the ball on the ground this year, which which makes a big difference, by the way. I mean, that 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 is how you can kill clock. You can control field position. You can control the game a little bit more. So I I expect Rutgers to try to do that, try to slow or try to limit Michigan's drives by running the clock. I mean, it kind of worked when Bowling Green did it, too didn't Michigan's offense only run like 14 plays in the first half and the turnovers didn't help, but like Bowling green did its job in terms of running the clock. So I feel like the big thing is just stopping the runs, especially on kind of obvious rundowns and, and see if you can force Rutgers to pass. I think
1: it, yeah. Winning first down, I think is, is <clears throat> again, again, that's <laughs> we're at you where know, John Madden, Analysis, you know, win first and second. The team down. that's going to
2: score more points right, tonight, right? You gotta I like mean, their chance of winning. Winning, for, but but again, against
1: a team that that has run the ball successfully and who, I mean, at least in my opinion, at least so far this season, the quarterback is a more of a threat on his legs than he is in the air. It's pivotal that Michigan stays out of second and short and third and short. You know, uh, this and again, I, I just. Part of me feels like that, yes, Rutgers has been successful running the football. They've played a better schedule than Michigan has to so far, to be totally blunt, right? I mean, I know Virginia Tech and Northwestern are not necessarily your typical Virginia Tech or Northwestern, but they're still, you know, power five programs, whatever. But I, at the same, I still think Michigan's defense just it feels geared to really potentially stop what Rutgers is trying to do, you know? And so kind of feeds in it. Like it all kind of ties in for me is like, I I do feel like this is a game where if Rutgers comes out and tries to run the football right away, I think they're going to have a hard time. And I think Michigan, if they can capitalize offensively and get out, get on the board early, I I actually think this game could get, could get out of hand. That's my opinion. Uh, Just because again, Rutgers has not really shown the ability to throw the football. And I I almost think they're, they're going to have to have their best passing game of the season to come into Ann Arbor and win, right? I mean, we're talking about Michigan's interior defensive front. I mean, two of the best run stoppers in the country. Chris Jenkins might be the best run stopper in the country. Um, Jalen Harrell, elite run stopper on the – I mean, there's just so many different guys and stuff that seem to excel against the run that, you know, I just – yeah. Maybe Rutgers throws the ball a few more times on first and second down. I, I don't know. I, I just – uh but to me, it, it really, this game, defensively for Michigan, it will really make a huge, huge difference if they're forcing Rutgers to throw the football because I think that's where mistakes are, are not a guarantee, but I think Michigan can really throw a lot of crap at Wimsat on second and third and long and and possibly force some mistakes.
2: Yeah, and I think the in terms of the how, some of it is just playing the way Michigan has played, not just all this season, but all last season too. I mean, this is a defense that's, really stout at the middle really good at identifying run versus pass and where the where the ball might be going and then doesn't miss a lot of tackles and the missed tackles have been a little bit of a they've been a little bit worse so far this non-conference play than they were at any point last year and that to me is the key is got got to make those tackles Kyle Monangai, 59 210 but he already has 22 forced missed tackles this season uh, which is I believe fourth in the country and that's 22 on 58 attempts so I mean this is a guy who's it's he's he's averaging more than four yards per carry after contact so this is definitely a player and Gavin Whims at the quarterback as well you know two guys that, that could be slippery could be difficult to bring down on on first try if Michigan's not tackling with intent tackling with purpose so yeah, that's got to be a point of emphasis, too. In addition to schematically being there for the run, just making sure you're not giving Rutgers bonus yards on broken tackles or missed tackles. I think that's another key. On that note, our first defensive over-under, 69.5 rushing yards for Guy. He had 49 against Northwestern on just 14 carries. He had 165 against Temple And then he had 143 on 16 carries. So that's 8.9 yards per carry with three touchdowns against Virginia Tech. Those last two games make me feel like this has got to be an over, even if Michigan does its job. But I I feel like as a general rule, I almost always take the under on the run defense stuff. I mean, Michigan, I've said before, I think they're the best run defense in the country. So it would be hypocritical for me not to stick to that. I am going to take... The under on sixty nine point five rushing yards for and guy, Steve. How about you?
1: I'm taking the under only because I mean this. Really, this number may be dictated by how well or how close the game stays for the first couple quarters, right? It, it hard hard to imagine even with Rutgers being a primarily run a primary run offense. It's hard for me to imagine that they're if Michigan can get ahead early, that they're going to be able to keep trying to, you know pound the rock in between the tackles if Michigan's you know you, it's hard to play catch up with an offense like that and if they're not finding early success and Michigan gets up by a couple scores it just makes it a lot harder to kind of operate that way so I'm going to take the under but yeah I, maybe with like an asterisk that I, I it is to me it's it's game scenario dependent I think if this game does stay relatively close uh and guy yeah excellent stats I mean and again it's it's kind of weird to talk about Rutgers running the ball all over Virginia Tech I mean it's kind of a not something you really if you've watched college football for 20 years not something you would necessarily chalk up uh, as a thing but you know definitely a talented player and with Wimsat being able to use his legs effectively you know it does give them a variety of ways to attack Michigan defensively so uh, but either way yeah I'm kind of with you until I see it Uh, you know, I'm going to go with the under. So in terms of
2: other keys, I I do feel like that would probably, in terms of like what would slow Rutgers down the most, I feel like that would be the big one. I think another key or or maybe not a key to victory, but a storyline to watch for Michigan is, is what does this secondary look like? Assuming that they are, I mean, it, it does seem like they're strongly hinting that these were precautionary injuries. It sounds like, at least Will Johnson has been practicing for more than a week. Rod Moore, I don't know if he was practicing the whole time, but it it just it you know I think Jesse Minter said it in the press conference today. Said quote, "We're really really close to being at full tilt, full tilt." So I'm just going to leave it at that. It seems to be in line with what Jim Harbaugh said. Seems to be in line with what the players said. So I think that's another key. Again, we're not particularly amazed by Rutgers' passing offense, but it does. I assume if they have, whether it's starters who are playing some of their first meaningful snaps of the season or reserves who have shown opportunities to attack against here and there, right? Some big plays have been let up in that secondary, not consistently, but but the opportunity has been there. So yeah, I think that secondary, like, like seeing the secondary round into form or seeing the secondary either get to full health or show progress with the players who aren't full health. I mean, that's gotta be a storyline to watch. I know we'll be watching it from the press box before the game, you know, who's out there warming up. Are they warming up with the ones? Are they, do they look healthy? Do they have any knee braces on or, or anything like that? So that will be something I know I'll be watching closely is, is what does the secondary look like on Saturday? And then what do they play like regardless of what they look like? Steve, any thoughts on the secondary and, and that angle of Michigan's defense?
1: Uh yeah I mean tough to know how much we'll actually learn like cuz Rutgers has not really shown the ability to throw the football super successfully granted I mean to their credit I guess they really haven't had to that badly but could be a situation where one thing maybe you're looking for from the secondary is to uh get your hands on some footballs maybe make a couple of, get a couple of interceptions right I mean again my feeling about this game is that if Michigan can slow down the run early in the early downs, you can force some mistakes. And then, and then at that point, it's on your defensive backs to uh, to make some plays. And so I, I think, yeah, maybe we'll see, you know, maybe learn a little bit more about some playmaking, playmaking ability in the defensive backfield on Saturday. I mean, again, it, it's it's hard to really know what other types of expectations it can get because they're only throwing the ball – they're they're running the ball twice as much as they've been throwing the football, and they haven't like again particularly thrown the football that well. So it's hard to this, and that's one area where this game might be kind of different from their first threes. Like where their first three opponents really seem to, you know, one two pass, one two pass. I don't know if Rutgers really has that in them to keep at least c- to consistently move the sticks that way, right? So, you know, could if they do try, could be another situation where you know they're just not refined enough in the passing game to, to keep doing it so Michigan can force some mistakes in that regard too so I guess I might maybe see if, if the Michigan secondary can capitalize on what I anticipate will be some hurried throws or hurried you know situations from their receivers and, and then maybe they can force a couple turnovers
2: yeah in terms of one metric that I like to use is where you know the pro football focus they do their grades I- I know some people have different opinions about the grades, but their overall phase of the game grades I feel like are a good opportunity to kind of see beyond. Wow, they went off for crazy stats against a team that they were overmatched against, or oh wow, you know that was you know it seems like their grades are a little bit more reflective of who you're playing and how you're looking on a snap to snap basis. And Rutgers, their passing grade is 93rd nationally. Their receiving grade is 112th nationally. So, yeah, I think this, you know, I, I guess my, my thought on the secondary is that's more like what will help Michigan in its march toward a national championship, probably returning to health or showing progress in the secondary. Will it, is it something that Michigan might lose the game on? I'm a little less convinced of that necessarily. All right, our, our final two over-unders for the defense combined yards passing and rushing for Gavin Wimsett. I'm taking the under. I know I just said whatever about the different stats, but they only threw for 46 yards against Virginia Tech. Um, I assume they'll throw more against Michigan because they were leading and winning big against Virginia Tech, but 200 yards combined rushing and passing. I'm assuming sacks count as negatives in that sense. So I'm going to take the under and then one more 7.5 five tackles for loss for the Michigan defense Rutgers I do think their offensive line is better this season and I would not be surprised if they're trying really hard to avoid the negative place so in terms of 7.5 tackles for loss yeah Rutgers is 20th in fewest tackles for loss allowed this season second in fewest sacks allowed per game this season I'm actually going to take the under I think Michigan's defense does its job but I think there's a lot more two or three yard gains for Rutgers than necessarily sack after sack or negative play or or this or that. So I'm going to take the under on 7.5 tackles for loss. Steve, your thoughts on those two over under.
1: Under for Wimsatt, and then we'll diverge finally. I'll take the over on the tackles for loss. Again, Neil, always really good at finding like the right number to set it at. I I think seven and a half is a great, over under there, but I'm going to take the over. I just think Michigan, again, I think a lot of this might come down to the first quarter and a half of the football game. So, uh, you know, I'll take the over. I think Michigan again does enough on the interior of the defensive line to to slow down that running game and then let the edges and linebackers uh, make some plays as the, as the game goes on.
2: All right. Now for our final thoughts and predictions. So Steve, I think the big question, you might feel the same way. You know, I can I can look at the numbers of what Michigan's done, what Rutgers has done, but there is that feeling that I have that at some point Michigan's just gonna turn turn it on. Right? I mean, this is a team that is really experienced, deep, talented at pretty much every position. And they've they've really shown it on defense, but I do think they're you know, the offense just hasn't quite hit it hit that top gear yet. And some of that's just they're controlling the clock they're not worried about the rotating guys in in the fourth quarter i i i'm not in the boat that they've disappointed but i feel like at some point they are going to just turn it into that next gear so to me this score prediction you know, i have i have the prediction of what i think logically will happen but then i don't know about you i feel like there is that small chance it's like oh maybe they just go off for 50 points like at some, at some point you feel like they're going to just because they do have the offensive Skill players that they have in the offensive line that they have. My prediction is that it's not this week, but Steve, your final thoughts and prediction on this?
1: Uh, I say thirty-nine to thirteen. I do think Michigan put some points up. I, again, I'm interested to see. You know, I mean, it'll depend on the injury report, but you know, it it just it feels like Jack Tuttle is going to end up being the backup or the guy at the backup quarterback. We'll see. But I do. Agree, there's one thing I agree with, like message board fan on is I I would agree that the second unit has been relatively disappointing so far Uh I know it's mop up it's kind of mop up duty it's it's um a lot of it it's for the coaches anyway I know a lot of it's more about getting guys experience than it is putting meaningless points on the board but we've seen second and third units for Michigan put meaningless points on the board in the past we haven't really seen that yet so uh, but I think Michigan's first team comes out. I, I, I just – I do. I like – Rutgers to, – to, to, the flip side is Rutgers seems to play Michigan really well. Uh, they play – they always play hard. You talked about the last two years. I mean, think about the year before. That was Cade McNamara's coming out party, wasn't it? Or was that two years ago? The, the yeah, last the three – time
2: game, that was 2020, yeah. Right.
1: I mean, so, so – That's
2: three straight games that have been – yeah. Some variation one, of close. one half. Last so year the five didn't of the
1: end close. right, yeah. right, five of the last six halves between the two teams have been pretty well played on Rucker's end, right? So, you know, there is that, but I just, I mean, I don't think a team that is built to is built for running the football and has not shown the ability to throw is the type of team that's going to have a ton of success against Michigan. I just don't. Not this defense. Uh, I just don't see it. So uh, I'm going to go 39 to 13. I think Michigan wins comfortably. I think they get out to a good lead. They shut the running game down, force a couple mistakes, and then uh, kind of cruise uh, to victory.
2: Okay, my score prediction is twenty-seven to ten. So I've got lower scoring. I, I still feel like I think it's going to be one of those twenty-seven to ten games that feels like never in doubt. The the classic Harbaugh games that we've we've talked about in the last couple episodes, where you know they they're, they're controlling the game. The other team might only be down technically 14 at a given time, but it, they're just so dominated. Like it, it's 14, but it feels like 30. I think it's gonna be 27 to 10. I think the big difference is I, I remember back when I used to, you know, back in the day when Rutgers had a different head coach, they were struggling in a lot of different ways. I remember I used to kind of like add 10 to what I thought the offense could score. Cause I felt like between turnovers, special teams and some of the short field stuff, that Michigan would just get ten ish extra points beyond what the offense would probably typically get. I think that's gone. I think that's gone now. I I mean we'll see, right? But I think Rutgers, I feel like to Greg Ciano's credit, they've cleaned up the turnover, silly plays, you know, the the ten yard sacks or the you know kind of kind of the stuff that that used to lead to these games being blowouts. And I think that's that's been Happening for a couple years now, but I think this year's team, at least from what I've seen, in addition to better offensive line, better run game, quality defense, I just I feel like they the decision making and and the sloppy plays that that helped Michigan pull away as much as they did last year. I think those are less frequent now, but we shall see. I've got twenty-seven to ten. Steve, you've got thirty-nine to thirteen. Be sure to check out all of our preview coverage over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan247sports.com. at Sports.com. I've got the statistical preview. I've got the, the written down keys. We've got stuff from the press conferences this week. And then, of course, we'll have stuff on game day, including the injury reports, more stuff for if you're attending the game or watching the game on how to get the most out of your game day experience. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you after the game.